0: Hey, welcome to Flipping the Field, the college football podcast about all of college football. I'm your host, Patrick Mayhorn, and I'm your only host this weekend um, because Ryan has been arrested and actually sentenced to death by a military tribunal for earnestly caring about college football on the internet in 2021, which is illegal, has been outlawed for five or six years now, really since the, uh, since the end of fandom as a thing that you can do legally. Uh, so you're stuck with me. For right now, we are actually gonna, we're, we're going to have I think Ryan alluded to it on Twitter a bonus show at some point this week. Um, I think I think that'll be Monday night or Tuesday morning when that comes out. I don't know how much I am allowed to give away of that. I suppose it's my show, so I can I can do whatever I want. We're gonna do a uh, we're gonna do a sort of a playoff mock playoff pick uh, show where we get together with some other. Uh, writers and and college football media people, who I will not name at this point, but uh, who you will get to see in the next couple days on your podcast feed. Uh, We're going to get together with them and we're going to sort of work through the college football playoff uh, committee process, essentially, in our own little group as if we are the committee and try to come out with our initial top 25 rankings, same as the actual committee do will will do in the in the next couple days I think I believe the first rankings come out Tuesday night Uh, so you can look forward to that the the honest answer is that Ryan has lost his voice because he was at the Ohio State Penn State game last night Um, not that he has been executed and replaced with a replicant although there's still time Uh, so you're stuck with me this week there's plenty of college football to talk about I'm going to work my way through all of the top 25 games that feel significant or worth talking about to me. So like Oklahoma, Texas Tech, I'm not really going to break down in detail. I don't I don't have a ton of interest in it. Uh, but the ones that do feel significant, either for conference, national title, or just team uh, reasons, I'm, I'm going to do my best to talk about these, share the thoughts that I do have. There are some games that I didn't get the chance to see. I was, like Ryan, at the Ohio State-Penn State game. I was in the press box, so I, I did have a chance to watch a few more games I got to watch the majority of SMU Houston on my computer but it was still sort of a a scattershot day as it often is on this podcast first up I believe this was the Thursday night game Coastal Carolina 35 Troy 28 I'm not going to say that I am concerned yet about Coastal Carolina because I, I don't think I am I don't think I'm fully worried about Coastal Carolina as a as a football product this offense has been so consistently good over the last two seasons Um, and the remaining schedule is just, there's nothing here that really jumps out at me. It's Georgia Southern, Georgia state, Texas state, South Alabama. Those, those should be wins. Obviously we knew coming into the season that those should be wins and those that has not changed. Um, but this is now two weeks in a row where the coastal Carolina offense looked kind of shaky. I don't really like this Troy team. I I alluded in the, in the pre-show, the preview show that, that Chip Lindsay's on the hot seat. I think that's true. Uh, the Troy head coach, I, I still believe that, but he managed to keep it within seven here. Troy did get kind of a late touchdown to, to make it closer. Although it was not like a, a garbage time touchdown. It was still something of a close game with, with a few minutes to play. Um, my primary beef here is the same as it was a week ago against Appalachian State, is that it often <coughs> oh, excuse me. Um it often feels like Coastal Carolina has kind of gone away from what made it so good. Um, there's not this rushing attack is not really impressing me right now. Uh Shamari Jones is not great at running back he's fine but he had 54 yards on one run and 95 on the day which is not really what this offense was built to do and Grayson McCall is not good enough to as a runner to to carry the rushing attack on his own they're still doing some option stuff but it feels like they are either lacking for a running back that can make it work or the they've stopped calling the good plays and I don't really understand if that's the case why they would do that um other than as I was saying on the the last review show You know, maybe Jamie Chadwell's kind of trying to sanitize himself a little bit, which I if that's the case, I hate that Like that that stinks. You know, I I have I've I've ridden hard for this guy. And if he's he's going away from from what worked that that really bothers me. But I don't know if I'm willing to accuse him of that quite yet in any more of a, you know, uh, like a defined way outside of just it, kind of feels like that might be what he's doing. Um, Coastal wins should be fine; still should go eleven and one, but it's certainly something to to look at. Uh, number sixteen, Baylor thirty one, Texas twenty four. This was a really fun game. I had a lot of fun watching this. This was one of the noon games. Um, Gary Bohannon did not have a great game for Baylor. through two interceptions, two pretty bad interceptions, if I'm being honest, but did enough in the passing game to keep the offense moving. Uh, I thought that the Baylor rushing attack was pretty good, too, with Abram Smith leading the way, um, as well as, I believe, Tristan Ebner is the, the backup running back there. Uh, I, I had fun watching this Baylor offense. I've had fun watching this Baylor team a lot this season. I think this might be the pretty comfortably the second best team in the Big 12. Even though they lost to Oklahoma State, I feel better about this Baylor team than I do about the Oklahoma State team. I think their uh, November 13th matchup with Oklahoma is extremely interesting. I think if Oklahoma is going to lose, it's going to be there. Uh, Just from what I've seen from Iowa State and and others, it's hard to see somebody else beating Oklahoma. But I, I think that Baylor does have the defense and the team in general to do it. Uh, offense is probably better than you maybe realize. It's it's. I mean, they're seventh in the nation in in rushing yards, and it's it really is the Jeff Grimes offense. This is what BYU is doing last year. Don't be surprised if a couple of years from now Gary Bohannon is getting draft hype in maybe not quite the same way that Zach Wilson was, but to sort of a similar breakdown of him as a player because he's not he's not terribly dissimilar. He's a little bit stronger. A little bit bigger, but I, I think this Baylor team is good, and it it showed that here. It it pulled off a pretty impressive comeback. Uh, was down 21-10 in the third quarter, managed to win at 31-24. Uh, on the other side of things, man, this this Texas season, this is this is pure uncut Texas right here. Sark is really getting right to the core of what Texas has been for years now. And you know you where you get the the transcendent results like beating Louisiana in week one, absolutely crushing Texas Tech, putting seventy points on them, you get you know a close loss to Oklahoma, where I think Texas probably had a pretty pretty strong case to win that game, and then you have some losses, Arkansas, that Oklahoma game, Oklahoma State Baylor, where in Arkansas's case, Texas never had a chance, but in those last three losses, three straight now. Texas has been in the game and probably should have won it and just didn't, <laughs> just, just didn't close down the stretch. And I think that you know maybe partially that has something to do with having a young quarterback. Casey Thompson is, I thought, was fine in this game. Bijan Robinson, 17 carries for 43 yards is very troubling for this team in general. I'm not sure what to make of that outside of Dave Aranda did a really nice job, but this defense is just not doing the offense any favors and Baylor was able to take advantage here Texas has four winnable games left on the schedule Iowa State Kansas West Virginia Kansas State they really got kind of unlucky with their big 12 draw getting the probably four best teams in the league back to back to back to back but I think finish eight and four or seven and five and you're you're still feeling okay about Steve Sarkeesian if you're Texas uh, unless like Baylor goes 11 and one which, which seems possible at this point because Texas being just okay is made quite a bit worse by a different team in Texas being good or very good, especially one that isn't A&M, because Texas is is sort of this is not a program that likes to see its understudies succeed, and I think that it considers Baylor an understudy, whether it's fair or not. Historically, it certainly is, and, and Baylor is. Quite a bit beyond what Texas is right now, as it as it showed here. Uh, next up, number seventeen, Pitt thirty four, Miami thirty eight. We kind of joked on the last two shows that this this felt like the most, pot, you know, the most Pitt result. You know that they would they would be riding high after beating Clemson, jumping up the ranking, the rankings. Everybody's talking about them. We have out friend of the show Alan Saunders on to to talk about Kenny Pickett and about Pitt as a potential playoff contender, as an ACC title contender. And here, with everybody watching them, they get a, you know, they get a national, I don't know if it was a national TV spot, but they get a, a, a kind of important game trying to keep up the momentum, and they lose to a Miami team with its backup quarterback. Granted, I'm ready to start saying that Tyler Van Dyke is good, because 32 of 42 for 426 and three touchdowns is is good. Um, but I think that this is just not the kind of loss that you can take if you want to be Considered as a serious football program, and and Pitt certainly wants to be considered as a serious football program, and had been for a lot of this season. Kenny Pickett didn't even really play poorly here. I thought he was fine. Five hundred nineteen yards is hard to complain about. Though he, had, he he did have two kind of bad interceptions. Rushing attack didn't get a whole lot going here, and the defense really let him down. Uh, this is not the end of the road for Pitt. Pitt still leads in the coastal. Still has a game up on. Uh, Virginia, Virginia Tech, mm, no longer on my. It only has the one game on Miami, which is two and two. But uh, pay at three and one in conference play, does still control its own destiny pretty pretty comfortably here. That November twentieth game against Virginia is looking very important. As is the North Carolina game the week before, which Ryan is going to go to. North Carolina is not competing for the Coastal, but it is still. A game that I think Pitt absolutely could lose. Uh, and then Syracuse to end the season, a, a better Syracuse team than we were expecting. A Syracuse team that is impressively, I think, one win away from bowl eligibility. So good for uh, good for Dino Babers and for Syracuse. If you're Pitt, I think that trying to win the ACC is an admirable goal here. I think that it's still totally in reach. Win out and you're in the championship game and then you just have to beat, presumably, Wake Forest. Uh, and that's that seems fine. I think that's a very good season for Pitt. It's obviously not what they wanted, but I don't think that it is disastrous either. I don't think that this is a a dead season because they lost to Miami. It's just like Pat Narduzzi's got to <laughs> gotta stop doing this and I I just don't know if he's going to. Next up number two, Cincinnati, thirty one, Tulane twelve. Uh Tulane made this interesting for about a half, uh, cut it to 14 to 12 going into halftime, and then Cincinnati did as it does in the second half, pretty much completely shut down the Tulane offense. Uh, Cincinnati offense has been stop and start for the last couple weeks. Uh, Mike Denbrock, the offensive coordinator, I'm not a not a huge fan of, and I, I think that this is it is it is bearing out in these last few games against Navy and now against Tulane that his offense maybe isn't especially good uh it it gets the job done for the most part but I I don't think that he's using these players as well as he probably could be like Jerome Ford should be averaging more than 3.6 yards per carry which is what he had here I thought Desmond Ritter played pretty well though the defense is excellent the defense has has been excellent all season and it remained very very good here and Cincinnati did put up a better performance against uh Tulane than than Oklahoma did so I'm I'm fine here. I think that Cincinnati is doing okay. It's got Tulsa this week for game day, which should be fun. I'm I'm disappointed that game day is not going to the Sun Bowl, but it's at least going to a G5 school, so I will I will live. Um, it gets Tulsa this week, which should be a win, and then it's at USF, which should be a win, and then it's SMU in a, in a really big game, a game that I will talk about a little bit more when I get to SMU Houston, which is coming up shortly. Uh, but I, I think that... 12-0 looks as realistic as ever here for Cincinnati, and that a playoff spot is, it, it should be there, certainly, if that happens. And I, I think as it stands right now, I, I kind of feel like it will be there. I, I've Who knows, maybe I'm being naive, but I don't know if Oklahoma's going to win out. I don't think Alabama's going to beat Georgia. Um, I don't think Ohio State's going to lose again and let like Michigan State into the conversation. And I don't think Wake Forest wins out. And that leaves you with, what, Oregon? and you know like a one loss oklahoma and then unbeaten cincinnati i think cincinnati probably gets in but that's a that's a conversation for an, for another day it's a conversation i'm sure we're going to have plenty and right now i think it's fine to just enjoy a very good cincinnati defense that would be or yeah yeah cincinnati defense cincinnati team in general that would be my my thoughts uh number 8, Michigan State, 37, number 6, Michigan, 33, at Michigan State. This one was a lot of fun. I, I was talking with, um, I'll say, enemy of the show <laughs> and my my fellow podcast co-host on uh, on my other show, Wyatt Crocher, about this game and about it, how it was like the first good Big Ten game and the first good Fox game since probably 2017 or 2019, 2019 being the Penn State-Minnesota game 2017 being Ohio State-Penn State, the last Ohio State-Penn State game that was really, really good. I guess 2018, Ohio State-Penn State was was good as well, if memory serves, but I don't know if that was on Fox. I think that was an ABC game. Uh, but this was good. This was really good. We got, to, we got to see Gus Johnson on an actually interesting game, which was the first time we've seen that this season. It really is a baffling pairing him and, and Big Ten football because he's, He's not built for this. This is not <laughs> not his his shtick. It's very hard to yell about Northwestern football unless you're angry about it. Uh, but I thought this was great. I thought this was a lot of fun to watch. I was pretty sure Michigan was going to win, especially when it took a, a you know 16 point lead well into the third quarter. But the offense stumbled quite a bit late. I think that the. Moving J.J. McCarthy in and out of the lineup was ill-advised. I know that Cade was injured near the end of the game when J.J. actually fumbled, but before that, when Cade was healthy, I don't really know what the benefit of doing that is beyond just you want to outsmart yourself for a little bit. I thought Cade played pretty well, all things considered. I think that Cade is capable of getting Michigan wins. He has done it so far this season. I think that he absolutely could beat Penn State when Michigan takes on Penn State in uh not this upcoming week but the week after they go to Penn State in between that there's an Indiana matchup with a team that I think is maybe the worst in the Big 10 East unfortunately uh at Maryland with another bad team and then Ohio State to end the season I think 10 and 2 is is totally realistic here for for Michigan I think that's a good season as for Michigan State uh this is I mean this is big time this is big time I I doubted Michigan State on here I doubted Michigan State pretty much everywhere I still don't believe in this team as a, like a great team. I just, I just don't. I'm watching Peyton Thorne play and I, I don't see it. I think that you're tricking yourself if you do see this team as like a serious challenger for the playoff or for Ohio state. Um, it's very obviously not a complete team. I, I, I don't really like the defense a whole lot. They, they go fast, but they don't go especially consistently. Uh, but the story here was Kenneth Walker III. He is excellent. He's fantastic. He he runs for nearly 200 yards, five touchdowns, pretty much won the game for Michigan State, especially in the second half where he's got three more scores all after Michigan takes that big lead, including the 23-yarder to kind of ice it near the end of the game and, and set Michigan up in a in a must-score situation that it did not take advantage of. Um, I think this is a good game. I think these are both good teams. I don't think either of them are great, but I think that they're both good. I think that Michigan State is infinitely further along than I thought it would be this season. I think that Mel Tucker's going to make a great coach at LSU, which is unfortunate for Michigan State, but also I don't really give a shit, so I'll I'll live. Um, And I I think that still, this is an impressive win. This is a very, very impressive win for a team that I, as I said, did not really believe in coming into the season, coming into the week. I still don't trust it as like a team that can, as I said, compete seriously with Ohio State, but that doesn't need to be the the entire goal here. I think it's perfectly fine to just be good, to be held 10-2 and two or 11-1 and one good, like Michigan is going to be. I'm very curious about Michigan State-Purdue this week uh, because Purdue is not good, but it, it really likes to beat top five teams and it's going to get the chance to do it here. But that... November twentieth matchup with Ohio State, and then uh, November twenty seventh against Penn State are both very interesting for me, and I'm, I'm going to be watching those closely. One for my job, and one just out of interest. But yeah, good for good for Michigan State. Really, really good win. Michigan. I don't think this is like an actionable offense. I don't think that this is the loss where you're you're you know oh we got to get rid of the hardball. But man, the the big game issues that he has are are real, and they are. A, a problem they are absolutely a problem and I, I don't think you fire the guy for him I think that he probably should get extended after this season but man I don't know what you do to solve that I really don't I don't think that it's a disaster there as we maybe alluded to it being this off season you got to win some of these at some point you just you just have to and it'd be very funny if after all this Michigan can beat Ohio State and then, then the entire playoff is set through through that but I, I wouldn't bank on it at this point Wisconsin twenty seven, number nine. Iowa seven. I I think Iowa remained ranked in the coaches poll. I saw today uh, like sixteenth, which is ridiculous to me. Uh, this team sucks. This team this team is is shitty. This is not a good football team. I'm ready to stop talking about these guys. The defense is, as it turns out, the beneficiary of a bunch of ridiculous turnover luck and not actually extremely good. As a bunch of analysts tried to tell you that they were. Um, if you thought that Iowa's defense was extremely good, I'm sorry, you don't know what you're looking at. Uh, you just you don't know what you're looking at. Uh, and I think a lot of people fell for that, not just fans of the team. If you're a fan of the team and you thought this team was great, then fine, whatever, I'll live with it. But there were a lot of like national college football analysts who were talking about how you know, it's really repeatable what Iowa's doing on defense. Like, no, it isn't. You can't force eight turnovers a game. I'm sorry. That's stupid. That's a stupid thing to believe. And here they are, giving up 27 points to a bad Wisconsin offense uh, and scoring seven of their own, (laughs) which is just, I guess what happens when you hire your son as your offensive coordinator and then keep him around in that role, even though he proves he can't do it, uh, this Iowa offense is despicable, it's one of the worst in college football, I think Wisconsin might win the West, (laughs) somehow, after the start that it had, I I think that the offense is, is still bad, but the defense is rounding into form, the defense is among the best, I think, in the country, I think the defense is what we thought Iowa's was, or not we, the general we. Uh, everybody else except for us, who who did not buy into this, let the record show we did not buy into this. Uh, but Wisconsin still has Rutgers, Northwestern, and Nebraska, which are three wins, and then Minnesota to essentially decide the West at the end of the season, barring a a weird Minnesota loss, which it is certainly privy to uh, and and sometimes <laughs> prone to. I think uh, it does still have Illinois, Iowa, Indiana, and then Wisconsin. So that's I mean that should be three wins for Minnesota, and that should set us up with a a battle for the West crown at the uh, in the final week of the season, which should be fun, if nothing else. And I think Minnesota's doing a good job of kind of sneaking under the radar right now. Were it not for that bizarre bowl and green loss, Minnesota would probably be in the, if not playoff discussion, kind of close to it, which is interesting to think about, um, certainly, but I don't know how valuable that is. Uh, Number 22, Iowa State 31, West Virginia 38. Ryan was right. Mia culpa, Ryan was right. This Iowa State program and team is fraudulent. I think that what Matt Campbell has done there, I still stand by it as being impressive. I think it's a really hard place to win. I think it remains a really hard place to win. It will continue to be a really hard place to win down the road. But also, this offense is pathetic. Like what they. What they do in difficult games is is ridiculous. Brock Purdy is just so obviously not that guy at quarterback, and I thought that Matt Campbell, trying to run up the score last week on how, you know, oh, Brock Purdy is actually that guy, and everybody was was talking down on him, and they were praying on his downfall. It's like, no, oh, man, he just stinks. I'm sorry, he just stinks. He's just not very good. Um, I'm I'm tired of these guys. I'm tired of thinking about these guys. I'm tired of looking at these guys, and I'm going to be especially tired of these guys when, despite all this, they still managed to beat Oklahoma in three weeks somehow, or they beat Texas this week, or they do both. Uh, I'm sick of it. I, I don't want to have to talk about them anymore. This is a boring team, and I'm not interested in them. Uh, next up, Georgia. <laughs> 34. Florida 7. Uh, Florida does not score until the fourth quarter. Kind of sacrificed Anthony Richardson to the Georgia defense here. I don't have a ton to say about this game itself that I, I don't think we've... I think we've already covered a lot of what is going on with Georgia here, uh, and and the only thing I really want to say about Georgia and about this game, one Florida man, this this is this is going south quick, and they're not going to move on because they hired all parts of the Mississippi State relationship and not just the head coach like Scott Strickland. The AD is not going to fire Dan Mullen, but you're Florida's Mississippi State now for for better or for worse, and. As we've said before, I, I don't know why you'd invite that in if you're Florida, but they've done it and they're going to have to live with the results, I guess. But on the other side of things, Georgia is going to win the national championship. I, I know that it takes the fun out of it when you <laughs> give away the game like this, when you talk about, you know, oh, well, it's it's pretty much a done deal. It's, it's a sad thing to, to do in college football, which is such a fun and unique sport because of how... Anything can happen, but I'm going to tell you right now, this is not going to happen. There's not a team in college football that can beat these guys. This defense is unbelievable. It, it is it is unbelievably good. I, they're averaging six point six yards per, per uh, points allowed per game. That's a touchdown. That's one touchdown without an extra point. That's it's it's unbelievable. <laughs> They've allowed four touchdowns on the entire season. Uh, and they've played eight games. I they're they're incredible. They're an incredible, incredible football team. I think that I would be impressed if anybody comes within two scores of them. If I'm being honest, I think the talk last week about Ohio State's offense being good enough to challenge Georgia's defense was silly at the time. I especially think it's silly now, having watched Ohio State play yesterday. We'll talk about that in a little bit, but. Missouri, Tennessee, Charleston, Southern, and Georgia Tech are left on the schedule. I'd be surprised if there was two touchdowns in that entire bunch. I'd be surprised, honestly, if there's one touchdown in that entire bunch. Georgia will roll through the rest of its regular season play. It will beat Alabama by multiple scores. They're just better. They're just better uh, than everybody else in Georgia is going to win the national championship. But that doesn't mean that we can't have fun elsewhere, such as with things like Wake Forest 45, Duke 7, only real thing here is is just shout out to, to Wake Forest. This team is awesome. I'm having a lot of fun watching these guys. They are really, really clicking on offense in these last couple weeks, and it helps to play Duke, but they're playing awesome football right now. They really are. Uh, they've got North Carolina on the road this week, and I think a, a, what should be a pretty good game, and then NC State, Clemson, and Boston College to end out the season, which is not the easiest way in the world to end out your season, but I think that if anybody can handle it, it's it's these guys. I think that there's absolutely a chance that they win out here. I don't know what happens with an unbeaten Wake Forest. I'm not going to start to predict that at this point because we have seen this happen before, not with Wake Forest, but with teams kind of like it. And I do think, while I think they could win all four of those remaining regular season games and the conference title, I think it's more likely that they lose one of them. Like I would take them as the favorite of any... as I would take them as the favorite... In any of those five games, but I also think that at some point they're gonna drop one that we just don't know about yet. And I don't know, as I said, I don't know which one it is, but I think that it does happen. If they win out, though, I mean they're in. It's, that's an unbeaten Power Five champion. They're they're playing in a league worse than the AAC, but they would be in, and that's awesome. That's good for Wake Forest. I'm 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 very happy for Dave Clason and for these guys. They're as I said a very fun team to watch. I have enjoyed their run this season. Eighteen. Auburn versus ten Ole Miss. Auburn thirty one, Ole Miss twenty. I don't really know what to think about this one. I'll be honest with you, I didn't get the chance to watch a whole lot of it. Other than uh I think Auburn is better than I thought it would be. Quite a bit better. I think that Brian Harson is doing a better job there than I thought he would. This is a big time win. This is a very, very impressive win. I think Ole Miss is a good team and to hold that offense to twenty points is fantastic. That is that's very, very good for a defense. I think that Tank Bigsby's playing well. I think that Bo Nix has been on fire since he was benched against Georgia State. Credit to him. Uh, credit to Auburn's staff for getting the best out of him. I think that Auburn is probably going to give Alabama a challenge at the end of the season and get them at home. And I think that as we – I believe as we said on the podcast in the, the preview – uh, Brian Harson beating Alabama and then getting fired for not having the COVID vaccine would be extremely funny. And so that, that is kind of what I'm rooting for. I'm interested to see how they do at Texas A&M this weekend as well. Um, I don't think they're going to win that game, but also I didn't think they were going to win this one. So I've, I've been wrong before. This is a, this is a better team than I thought. I think that they are rapidly approaching good, if not full on good already, the offense, especially, um, on the other side of things, Ole Miss, I don't, I don't know what to think here. I, I really don't. Um probably not in conference title contention anymore. Not that they ever really were have a chance to get back on track against Liberty this week. And then Texas A&M Vanderbilt, Mississippi state, that should be a 10 and two or nine and three season. That's pretty good. That's, that's pretty good. I don't think Lane Kiffin is going to stick around a whole lot longer. So you'll take that if you're Auburn if you're uh old Miss staying in the state of Mississippi, Mississippi state 31, Kentucky 17. It was fun while it lasted. That's, that's all I'm going to say here. Um, Kentucky, unfortunately, got Mike Leach. He does it once a year, pretty much. Will Rogers was 36 of 39 for 344 and a touchdown. Um, It happens. That's, That's all I can really say here. It happens. I don't know really what to think of it. I just know that it happens. I hope that this is not a case of Georgia beating Kentucky more than once. I think it absolutely could be. Tennessee game this week will tell us a lot. That's... That's what I've got here. I think Kentucky should win that game. Certainly, I think Kentucky should have won this one, though. So, I don't know. Um, it's it's a bummer that this has happened to Kentucky, but I do think that um, Mississippi State is 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 want to do this sort of thing once a season, and that it just happened to to come against uh, against Kentucky. Houston, 44, SMU, 37. This game was as good as advertised, if not better. Back and forth the entire way. Both offenses, I thought, were excellent. The Houston defense came up big late in the game, holding SMU to only three points in the fourth quarter, which is hard to do. Uh, Tanner Mordecai was really good for SMU passing, even in the loss. Clayton Toon was excellent for Houston. This was the best game he's played in his college career. Neither rushing attack got a whole lot going, but this was just a heavyweight fight. I really, really liked watching this one. Uh, Houston ends up winning it with a 100-yard kickoff return for a touchdown with 17 seconds left after SMU had just driven down the field to tie the game at 37. Uh, This was a blast. Like I said, this was a heavyweight fight. There were two kickoff returns for touchdowns in this game. Uh, I think Houston was the better team. I think Houston deserved to win, and I think that the Houston-Cincinnati... AAC championship game is going to be phenomenal. I also think that SMU-Cincinnati in a few weeks is going to be really good. I'm excited about both of those games, and I'm glad that Houston is good because it means that we're going to get two more really good Cincinnati games instead of just the one that we were expecting within a second in the form of a rematch against SMU. I would, I would be surprised if Cincinnati doesn't draw Houston at this point. I would be surprised if that's not an 11-1 and Houston versus 12-0 and Cincinnati game. I think that that's going to be a blast. I'm I'm thrilled for that, and I think I think SMU's probably gonna finish, uh, probably gonna finish what ten and two, uh, with the with the loss to Cincinnati. That's great. That's that's a good season for SMU as well. That's a good season for the AAC in general. They just need a fourth team to uh, to arrive, and I don't know who that will be, but. Who knows? Maybe it'll be UTSA in a couple years. Number 5, Ohio State, 33. Number 20, Penn State, 24. This is kind of what I was expecting the Michigan-Michigan State game to be. It seemed like they kind of got Freaky Friday here a little bit. This was sloppy. This was messy. This was gross. This was not a whole lot of fun to watch. Ohio State's offense was... uh, The stats don't necessarily reflect it, but was stop and start for much of the game. Ten penalties, I believe, on the day for, for 74 yards... Uh, seven of which were false starts in front of a home crowd, which is bizarre. Ryan Day was not pleased about that in the postgame. I thought that Ohio State did a good job of winning its clunker, of grinding out and, you know, not not dropping a game that it absolutely could have dropped and, and seemed like it kind of thought about dropping a couple times. Uh, but the, the red zone conversions here for Ohio State are troubling, I will say. I think they were one of six in the red zone on actually getting touchdowns or one of five. Kicked four field goals from within the red zone, had some third down hiccups, had some penalty issues, as I mentioned, and allowed Penn State to convert on, let me get the exact stat here, uh, 11 of its 18 third down attempts. I think at one point it was 11 of 15. It was bad. It was it was not good from from Ohio State in kind of situational football. Still did enough to get the win. I think that's how much better Ohio State was than Penn State in general but this was not a not a pretty performance from Ohio State and one that I think that if you if you show this up against Michigan State or Michigan you will face a similar challenge. I don't think Ohio State's going to lose again in the regular season. I don't think it will lose again before the playoff, but I think this does at least show that Ohio State has not fully ascended back to being awesome, right? Like I I think there's still some some kinks to work out here and I'm ex- I'm excited about that. I'm glad about that because it means that there's still an interesting team here worth paying attention to and keeping an eye on. And maybe the Big 10 will be entertaining down the stretch rather than uh, what it has been in the last 5 or 6 years. So uh on the Penn State side of things I thought side of things I thought Sean Clifford played pretty well. He still couldn't run much of anything. This rushing attack is terrible. If the rushing attack had been good here Penn State wins. And that's you know, if Penn State was better, it wins the game. (laughs) It's, you know, an easy thing to say, but I don't know what's gone wrong with this rushing attack, but it's really, really bad. Uh, I thought Penn State played well, though. I thought it was a good game for Penn State. I thought it was a bad game for Ohio State, kind of what Penn State needed to keep it close. It got it, and just, you know, Ohio State holds on, wins its clunker, has, I believe, four kind of interesting games left. Nebraska, Purdue, Michigan State, and Michigan, the last two obviously more important than the first two, but... It should be an interesting stretch here at the end of the season for for both of these teams. I uh, the the James Franklin thing I think we've talked about plenty already, but some some decisions in here that were certainly James Franklin esque. I I will say in in terms of you know. Dialing up some plays, dialing up some field goals, maybe when you didn't need to. Number twenty-five, BYU sixty-six, Virginia forty-nine. This one's the this one was a blast. It was on in the press conference or the press box after Ohio State's game ended, so I got the chance to watch a lot of it. BYU's offense was as good as it has been all season. Brendan Armstrong, I thought, was excellent for Virginia passing the ball. Uh, it was too bad to see him get injured a little bit late in this game. I think he ended up being okay, but. Uh, this one I don't have a ton to take away from. I think it was just a fun football game. I, I had a lot of fun watching this. I think that it was it made for entertaining television, and that was really what I was looking for here. I'm not going to take anything from it. Like I said, I'm not going to pull any imp- impressions. I have nothing to think about this game beyond it was nice. I liked watching it. Uh, last one of the ranked games, Fresno State 30, number 21, San Diego State 20, San Diego State falls from the ranks of the unbeaten. Fresno State really whooped the whooped that ass here. Uh, it, it it moved the ball efficiently and effectively on offense. Three hundred and six yards passing, hundred and eighty six rushing for the top running back on twenty nine carries. Uh, this was the best offensive performance of the season against San Diego State quite easily, and San Diego State just didn't have you know the offensive answer to keep up. Fresno State is probably your new favorite in the Mountain West, right? A 4-1, yeah, has the has the game advantage over San Diego State, has a game advantage over Nevada as well. So it would need to lose one of Boise State, New Mexico, and San Jose State to end of the season. I think that Boise State it could lose just because Boise State's weird. But that's uh, this is one hell of a season for Fresno State. This is a really, really good team. Really good offense when Jake Hayner is healthy and... Should be a uh, should should be a candidate for the New Year's Six Bowl if Cincinnati makes the playoff. It won't be, but it should be because this is a really good team, you know, a- in a really fun and interesting league uh, that I have had a good time watching this season. All right, bargain bin. Let's sort through the the rest of the uh, of the weekend at large and see if there's anything worth mentioning here. East Carolina twenty nine, South Florida fourteen. Not a ton of thoughts. <laughs> on this one, I think East Carolina is going to make a bowl game, which is cool. Yeah, I, I'm I'm happy for that program. I think that they really really needed this. They're sitting at four and four right now. They still have Temple, Memphis, Navy, and Cincinnati left. So one sure loss, but three games. I think they absolutely could win. You get two of those, and you're going to a bowl game. That's that's progress for Mike Houston. That is what he really needed was just some sort of sign of life. Navy twenty, Tulsa seventeen. Tulsa has fallen off a cliff. Navy didn't have a passing yard in this game and it's still one Tulsa is a bad place. I I don't know. I don't know how long Phil Montgomery is for that job, even with the good season that they had last year, just because this has been bad. This has been a return to form and that form is not positive. Nevada 51 UNLV 20 only mentioning because Carson Strong was awesome. He's really, really good. Um, Bowling Green fifty six Buffalo forty four. I thought this one was funny because Bowling Green's offense was suddenly awesome as soon as Scott Leffler was kicked out of the game, and maybe that's something they should look into down the road. Virginia Tech twenty six Georgia Tech seventeen. Ah oh, man, I don't know. I don't know about Georgia Tech. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know about what's going on here. It really seems like they should be winning some of these games. It's just. Not even like as a as a snarky, you know, they oh they, they should try winning some of these, but like I don't know how they're not winning some of these games. You know, Virginia last week, this one now, uh, Clemson in week three, Northern Illinois in week one. Uh, they're sitting at three and five right now. They would need to get three of Miami, Boston College, Notre Dame, and Georgia. They're not going to. I don't think you can move on from Jeff Collins in in still this early stage of of his time there, but they really, really, really need to start showing something next season because you're just not going to get recruits doing this. And that's that was his whole pitch. That was his proof of concept. And I think that beating North Carolina is not going to get you four stars. And that's what they need more than anything right now because they don't do anything schematically that really stands out to me as as transcendent enough to win you football games. Rutgers 20, Illinois 14. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know how Penn State lost that game last week. I, re- I really don't. Um Maryland 38, Indiana 35. I thought Donovan McCulley played really well here for Indiana, but Maryland's offense was was too good for Indiana to handle. I think Nick Sheridan's got to go, obviously, for Indiana offensive coordinator, but I'm not sure how much more I would change the program beyond that. I think Dan, Donovan McCulley can be good. I think he can be really good with a good uh, coordinator and quarterbacks coach. I would I would bank on that. I think the defense has to get better, but I'm not sure there's a serious change that needs to be made to to lead to that. Um Let's see here. North Texas 30, Rice 24 in overtime. Good win from North Texas. Seth Latrell is still extremely fired, but it is it is nice for him to get a win. Um, just looking if they had any chance at bowl eligibility. And I'll tell you, they do not. So this, I think that one is that relationship is just about done. Washington State 34, Arizona State 21. Speaking of relationships that should be done, I'm sorry. I like Herm. I think Herm is a funny guy. He's got to go because this sucks this this absolutely sucks with the roster that they had this is a deeply shitty football team that has just blown it blown its best chance at being relevant in in several years this sucks this is a this is a really bad coaching job that has happened here and, and i think that i think if you go out and get a competent coach this team's probably 10 and 2 and right now they're sitting at 5 and 3 and they still have I think three losable games on the schedule in USC, Washington, and Oregon State. Like this is this is not good. Um what what is what has happened here. Uh next uh, oh, as for Washington State, good for them getting the getting the uh getting a win without a coach, which is I would imagine kinda hard to do, but I don't know. I've I've never I've never done it personally. Utah State fifty one, Hawaii thirty-one, Utah State I mentioned because it's going bowling. They're six and two. They are currently leading the Mountain Division, which is insane to me. They have a win over Air Force, too. I think there's a decent chance that Utah State could win the conference. Like, not, not the championship game, but could win the Mountain Division. It's sitting at 4-1. and one. Next best is 3-2 and two Air Force, and then it's 2-2 two and two Boise State and 2-2 two and two Colorado State. Utah State has a win over Colorado State. It lost to Boise, but if it wins out, it won't matter. New Mexico State, San Jose State, Wyoming, and New Mexico are all winnable left on the schedule. New Mexico State's not a conference opponent. And Boise State still has uh, Fresno State, which I think is a conference loss. I think that's going to be a conference loss. Wyoming, New Mexico, and San Diego State, which I think they lose. I think Utah State's going to win the Mountain, and that's awesome. This, this is year one for Blake Anderson. I don't know how good this team actually is, just as a football team, but they've won three straight, Two of them were probably closer than they needed to be in conference play, though, and and they're they're playing really well. This was not a good program last year. It is significantly better now, and that's cool. I like that. I like fun things like that happening. I'm glad that these guys are going to get to go bowling. Uh, Missouri 37, Vanderbilt 28. The Missouri rush defense is what I want to mention here because it has been so disastrously bad. All season, it remained really bad here, even against a, a rough opponent. Uh, Vanderbilt's top rusher, 14 carries for 152 yards. Second, top, second best rusher, 17 for 95. That's bad. That is not good. But Tyler Beatty rushed 31 times for 254 yards, so Missouri is able to get the win. Regardless, I I don't I don't care about what's going on here. I'm I'm tired of Eli Drinkwitz. I don't think he's a good football coach. Clemson 30, Florida State 20. Florida State should have won, couldn't hold on. Clemson is bad, but we'll we'll still make a bowl game. So the dream of, of Clemson not making a bowl game is, is dead, unfortunately, but I don't know if they're going to be a whole lot better than that. Kansas State 31, TCU 12. It's time to move on from Gary Patterson. I know that he's got a statue on campus. I know that he is the guy at TCU. I know that he has long been the guy at TCU. His program stinks. It has rotted to the core. There's nothing left here. This is awful football. They've got to move on. They they really really have to move on. There are a lot of interesting coaches in the state right now. There are a lot of interesting coaches with ties to the program. Move on. It's time. He's he's got to go. He's got to retire. This is this is done. Uh, Purdue twenty eight, Nebraska twenty three. I mentioned because Scott Frost is in hell. This is another game that he should have won and just didn't. Uh, I believe the post game win expectancy per Bill Connolly for for Purdue was seven percent. Um, I feel like Nebraska has been on the wrong end of like six of those games where the post game win expectancy for the other team was like 7% and they still won. I don't know what the solution is here. I I think that we know where this is headed. I don't think Scott Frost is going to save his job, but I don't think that I would I don't think that I would be like afraid to hire him if I was if I was a G5 school especially. I think he's a good coach. I I really do. I don't think he's built a, a great staff here and I don't think he's Really trying to. I don't think he. I don't think he has a great idea of what you have to do to win at Nebraska. Just like modern Nebraska. I don't know if he fully understands it. I don't know if anybody does. But this is not working. I don't think Scott Frost is a bad coach. I think he's gotten very unlucky here. I think that he would be a really good, a really good G5 coach. I'm not sure where he would do that. He's got ties all over the place. Um, I would hire him if I was a G5 AD. I don't think that this should be the end of the Scott Frost time scott frost time as a head coach in college football i think he'd make a good oc as well if he wants to go to the nick saban school for a year or or anywhere else but this is this is probably coming to an end whether it is deserved or not and it, it seems like it probably is right now uh minnesota 41 northwestern 14 mentioned it earlier minnesota might win the west which is very funny um Syracuse 21, Boston College 6. Once again, Ryan was right. This Boston College team stinks. They're not good. And I think that if they had Phil Dracovic, they probably win a lot of these games. But this is uh, this is not going well <laughs> this year. This is really not going well there. Down to, I think, 0-4 in ACC play. Syracuse, as mentioned, though, probably going to go to a bowl game. They're sitting at 5-4. and four. They have left on the schedule Louisville, NC State, and Pitt. I think they could beat Louisville. It is on the road, so it's going, to be, it's going to be tough. They probably needed to beat Florida State back in week five or six, whatever it was, or Rutgers in week two. But I don't think this is impossible. I could see them winning one of those three. They're a good team. They have a good defense, and I hope that they get there. I think it'd be fun. Uh, San Jose State, 27, Wyoming, 21. Wyoming is terrible, but I want to mention that San Jose State's five and four. Also could be headed to a bowl game. Still has three chances but they're not great chances admittedly Nevada, Utah State and Fresno State uh but good on San Jose State for rallying bouncing back after a really bad start to the season getting a win here Nick Nash played well at quarterback Nick Starkle has been hurt or uh, usurped I don't actually know which one it is it 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 really could be either depending on uh <laughs> depending on where you stand on things uh but I don't know uh I, I but good for san jose state i i hope it does get one of those and does get to a bowl game western kentucky 45 charlotte 13 charlotte was without its starting quarterback and it showed but i think that western kentucky is sort of rounding into what it wanted to be this season the three and one in conference play qc east is interesting it's fau at three and one marshall at three and one and wku at three and one um Western has, I believe, not yet played, yet. Yeah, has not yet played either of those two teams, ends the season versus FAU and at Marshall, which I think is going to be really interesting. I'm curious to watch what happens there. This offense is fantastic. It is one of the best in the nation, I think. Defense is awful. Defense is absolutely terrible, but the Cusa East is suddenly interesting for kind of a a scrap sale of those three teams that are maybe not good, but are at least Intriguing, while the West is probably UTSA's to lose, unless it drops a game to UTEP this week, which I, I would not expect, personally. Uh, South Alabama 31, Arkansas State 13, no real thoughts on that. FAU 28, UTEP 25. Disappointing that the game, the uh, UTEP was not able to win this and, and hopefully get game day to the Sun Belt, or to, um sorry, to the Sun Bowl, but put up a good fight, scored 15 points in the fourth quarter. I still think that this is a a fun story and a decent team. I don't think they're going to beat UTSA, but I do think that they're fine and that's that's a step in the right direction for UTEP. Good win for FAU, a team that really needed this win just in general. Uh Georgia State 21, Georgia Southern 14. Southerners without a coach, not a huge surprise here. California 39, Oregon State 25. Who is going to win the uh <laughs> who's going to win the Pac-12? It it could be anybody. It seems like it could be literally anybody. Oregon probably wins the north, I would think, but I wouldn't bet on that right now cuz that would require betting on a team in the Pac-12 and that sounds terrible. And south, I I guess it's going to be Utah. I guess it's going to be Utah and then maybe Oregon or hell, maybe Washington State in the uh in the conference title game. Mickey Mouse Conference. That's that's uh that's where I come down on it. Boise State 28. Colorado State nineteen. Aren't you glad you listened to Urban Meyer on hiring Steve Adazio? Aren't you aren't you glad that you took the advice of of America's dumbest man and hired Steve Adazio so that you could lose to Boise State, so you could drop a bunch of conference games, start off the season pretty strong and then completely fall off a cliff? Um I know I am. I'm 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 very glad if I'm if I'm Colorado State's athletic director that I listen to Urban Meyer. It's usually such a good thing to do for football hires. USC 41, Arizona 34. I don't know what the fuck is going on out here. Keaton Slovis is, is not playing well, but at least USC continues the most important streak in football, which is Arizona's lengthy losing streak, uh, which becomes increasingly funny with each passing week as it uh, remembers that it hired Jed Fish, a thing that you don't have to do ever as a, as a football program. It's so easy to just not hire Jed Fish. NC State gets back on track with a 28-13 win over Louisville. I, I'm i not ready to talk about these te- this team. They have hurt me too badly in the past, and so I'm good. I'll pass. Utah 44, UCLA 24. I'm done on, on UCLA as as well. I'm out of here. They were without their starting quarterback, Dorian Thompson-Robinson. But that's no excuse for losing by 20 to Utah, which is, I will say, good again. Utah is, is back to being what it was in years past. They're only 5-3, and three, but I think they're going to win uh three of the last four probably lose to oregon but i wouldn't put it past them to <laughs> to to win that game that sounds very pac-12 to me defense is excellent offense is utah they are utah this is a utah team lastly washington's uh, washington 20 stanford 13 we were right about stanford it was just on a delayed release we 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 were wrong at the beginning and we are right now um very funny resume that this team has with wins over USC, Vanderbilt, and Oregon, and then losses now to Washington, Washington State, Arizona State, UCLA, and Kansas State. I don't know if there's another win on the schedule here. Cal looks most likely, maybe Oregon State, but they also have Notre Dame and Utah. I think it's time for, for David Shaw as well, and it, it was before the season as well, but it especially is now. All right, that is all I have here for this for this lengthy solo show hopefully a lot of these these thought loops made sense and i wasn't just saying nonsense and never know on these things but uh, we will be back in just a couple days with the the full you know uh, the full battery of me and ryan as well as i think three other uh friends of the show joining to break down some college football playoff stuff which should be a lot of fun if Cincinnati is number one, just know that i am if Cincinnati is not number one, just know that I am being silenced and uh censored by by big social media, which is to say ryan Donnelly the the criminal known as b one g underscore ryan who uh, a lot of people don't know this he does actually run facebook he is he is uh he is mark zuckerberg so uh, breaking some news here on Flipping the Field. But I will see you guys then. I hope you enjoy. Be sure to follow me on Twitter, Patrick underscore Mayhorn. The show is on Twitter at Field Flipping. Ryan doesn't get a shout on on this one because he's, he's not here, so I don't have to say his, his, uh, his, uh, his at name. So I will see you guys later in the week, and then we will see you again on Thursday morning for our week, God, week 10 preview show. The season goes by so fast.